are back. Uh, I was trying to get a guest on, and uh, he'll be joining us in just a moment. Uh, Mike Khalif is joining us uh, here on the Ken Pittman Show, and um, I'm grateful for his time. Uh, Mike, uh, you have a store in New Bedford, uh, the Petro yeah. Mart, located at or- uh, right, right about uh, Orchard and, um, and Allen, right? right at that intersection? Yeah, I have uh, two locations. Uh, that's one of our locations. The other one's on Cogsall uh, Street uh, in New Bedford as well. And I thought, Mike, because um, I know you, I, I know um, you're very articulate and intelligent, and I know you're in the business, and I wanted to point out to the audience a little bit that's going on. So um, one of the other problems I'm having with Maura Haley and her young tenure as governor is she's now looking to transition the public from... Uh, using stores like yours, instead going online for lottery tickets that uh, that you can win remotely, like Megabucks, Mass Millions, Powerball. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of how much foot traffic people that buy those tickets, um, that, that traffic's created by the need for people to go in and buy from stores like yours. They want to take the um, whatever winnings the stores might get if they printed the winning ticket. They want that in the state coffers instead. But this is really going to hurt a lot of stores. Exactly, Ken. I mean, uh, the volume is, is the way we generate a lot of the profits in the business. You, you know, it's all about foot traffic, uh, getting people in the door. Uh, the lottery is one of those things that uh, attracts that. Uh, and we also benefit when they, you know, come into the store and purchase other items. I mean, that's usually how it works. Uh, on the lottery end, we're only making about a 5% commission. Right. Uh, so realistically, it's basically a nick on a dollar. Uh, that's it, that's not the incentive to be a, a yeah. lottery partner, though, is it? it? No, no. It's the it's getting them in the door and purchasing other items. Uh, and this i lottery thing that they're talking about, it's going to be a, re- a great risk uh, to all the retailers. Um, you know, it's it's they're trying to do what Michigan did. Uh, Michigan set up a similar uh, i uh, i lottery, and basically you could go in there and get instant tickets and raffle games and all that right up, right on your cell phone. Um, so, I mean, but, but for us, it's going to be a great risk to a lot of these brick and mortar, uh, retail locations. Yeah. And like uh, anything else, you know, the big corporations will be able to absorb, you know, that fraction of a loss longer than people with smaller businesses who really rely on the day-to-day operations and uh, haven't built up, you know, something to absorb a problem like that. Uh, and so you're going to see, I think, you know, stores eventually close down. Um, you know, some of, some of these Mom and pop stores, through the grace of God and a little luck and hard work, they stay open. But it's it they're not that close from closing. No, no, it's uh, you know you, you don't realize, especially with this past couple of years. I mean, uh, prices have gone skyrocket, as as you know, with everything out there yeah. and uh, expenses on the back end as well has all skyrocketed. I mean, it's kind of works on uh, you know both ways. Uh, but I mean, the lottery, we've, you know, it's been since 1971, we've been the backbone of the lottery in Massachusetts. And, uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, with, if they go through with this, it's almost like now they're competing with us, uh, you know, and, uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough one. There's, there's definitely like, uh, for example, my orchard tree stores, uh, almost half of my sales are lottery. So, uh, you know, it's definitely going to affect us. And, uh, you know, their, their biggest thing is, uh, how are they going to be able to bring some of that online sales to try to benefit some of these brick and mortar stores? And, uh, you know, one example they brought up was, you know, a hundred dollars of online sales and you get a $5 voucher to come into the store. I mean, that $5 voucher is, is 25 cents for us. 
you know, so we <laughs> lost basically on a we lost a five dollar profit to twenty five cents. I mean, you you can't keep your doors open, you know, with a twenty five cents profit. Um, I wish you know, he had. Uh, I wish he had the sense to talk to the business community that would be directly affected and most affected by this this transition. Because I think you know she would be shocked to learn. I mean, I just talked to somebody the, the other day about this, and and the guy says, as a matter of fact, he said I was going to go to the supermarket the next day and just save a little money. I was going. I needed three gallons of milk, you know, for my refrigerator, and um, I ended up wanting to get the Powerball in. So I ended up buying the milk there without planning to. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly how it does. Um, you know, and, and their whole thing, they're projecting about 200 million in tax revenue uh, with these online sales. I mean, that's $10 million they just took away that they basically kept from the retail stores. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the bottom line, it's, it's a numbers game. Uh, I mean, I get it. Um, well, the well what's, is, what's the byproduct of it too, is you guys are going to have to slightly go up on your customers. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, there's, there's no way around it, you know. They're worried about the online sports betting, um, you know, about losing sales to the online sports betting. Yep. That's, I think, their biggest um, issue with trying to kind of move forward uh, with this. But they're I getting mean, revenues they're, from it. They're getting revenues, yeah, exactly. It's something they've set up, and uh, now they're kind of backtracking, trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, to kind of gain some of those sales back. But uh, it's uh, basically it's going to be on our backs. You know, uh, we've, we've been there for him for 50 years. You know, uh, that's basically how uh, the lottery came about, you know, with, with our, our hard work down at the line and, uh, you know, making the sales. So I don't know. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go through. But, I mean, it looks like they're trying to push this through. Um, so hopefully they come up with a way to, get, to make it beneficial. You know, uh, yeah, I think I think people right. get the sense that you know, well, if they own a store, they're fine. They can, I, I like I know just from the times I met you, Mike. You were either coming from or had to go back to the store. It was always you know, it, it, you always have to be nearby. It's a uh, you know, it's one of these things people don't consider how hard you guys have to work and how close the margin is yeah. of profit unless uh, everything goes your way. And this is now a setback. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we've been uh, I've been doing this. Uh, for 32 years. So, I mean, we've been, uh, you know, in the New Bedford area for a long time. My dad started this years ago. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of those businesses, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough and uh, every penny counts. And uh, this is just a little margin that's kind of getting tucked away from us, you know. One of many. Um, <laughs> yeah, of many. Exactly. Uh, death by a thousand cuts, Mike. But hopefully, Hopefully, uh, you know, you guys continue with another 32 years. I, I like going in your store. It's a, a great location. And where's the other one? So uh, the other one is on Cogdell. That one we established back in 2001, right on Cogdell Street next to Market Street. Oh, that's yours. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah that's why I there, so. should have recognized that. I drive by it all the time. Yeah. Mike, I yeah. greatly appreciate your time here with us this morning. And um, I think it's something people really need to know about. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. You take Thanks care. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. All right. 508 996 0500, you're listening to the Ken Pittman Show, and that yet another anti-business move by Maura Healy, um, which is, again, if, if it's funny because people who really can't afford to go into a convenience store to buy items anyway are now going to pay a little more you know, if this thing has such a detrimental effect on the retail sales in these stores. Um, they can rename them inconvenience stores. Yeah, uh, you like that? I like that. Uh, let's see, Ryan. Yep. You know, you know, you know. I haven't, I haven't been into Petrol Mart 
I, I went to high school with both of them, both of the owners. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Mike's a good, Mike's Mike, a good guy. Mike and Tony. Hardworking guy, yeah, Tony Sue. So, um, you know, this is real for them. And it's not a nameless, faceless corporation that is going to, you know, feel the effects of it. They'll be the last to feel the effects of it because they've built up, you know, funds to absorb some of this. They'll be there, the, you know, before, after everybody else is gone. Um, it's just not a pro-business move. I don't think, I know Charlie Baker wouldn't do things like this. Uh, people thought he was too far to the left as a Republican, uh, certainly to the left of me, but, he, you know, he was a good business man. Um, and she's trying to show that she cut taxes. That's what's important, which, again, we talked about this last week. She tipped her hand, in my mind, by saying, I cut taxes in Massachusetts. Why would she need to do that, especially in a year when there was a billion dollars fewer in revenues because people are leaving, by the way, and companies are leaving. But she has a billion dollars less for her budget than last year. Even conservatives wouldn't complain if there wasn't a tax cut. It's not a good year to ask for a tax cut, right? But but she's going forward anyway, and now she's done things like with the excise tax, the, the local municipality empowerment, as she puts it. The more positive the um, program th uh, name is, the, the more suspicious I am, by the way. Uh, because they, if they have to put that much thought into it, you're going to wonder. But uh, in, in this case, it's uh, you, you're going to pay a lot more on your excise tax. And Mayor Mitchell uh, seems like he's hyped up about it. He said he was supportive of it. So I, to my knowledge, he hasn't gone, he hasn't backtracked and, and reversed that. Uh, I think that's a big problem for him uh, next time he runs, if, if this goes forward. 508-996-0500. Uh, we get the AFC-NFC championship games tomorrow. First game is who, Kansas City, Baltimore? Yes. Because it's on the East Coast and the other one's out there in the West, so that would make sense. It's going to rain. Not ideal weather. The two top scoring defenses will be in a conference championship game for the first time ever. Uh, both of these teams aren't really known for the defense, but they both do have excellent defenses. Baltimore and Kansas City. What do you think? I think it's going to be close, Ken. You got you got a lot of good you got a lot of good weapons in Baltimore surrounding Lamar Jackson now, mm -hmm. and you haven't seen that in a while. I think the tight end's coming back, Andrews, isn't he? He's practicing. I don't know if he's coming back. He's going to try to come. That's going to be a difference if he, can, if he can get out there. But now, now you see Patrick Mahomes can win on the road. Oh, I, I didn't have a doubt he could win on the road. Um, I just thought I just thought going into Buffalo, Buffalo would hands down beat him. He's just one of these guys. You, but you, no you offense know, there. You know, you have to believe your eyes when you watch him play. He's a superior player. I mean, he's just... Uh, incredible, but uh, this year they're doing it differently. They're not. They're not this you know overwhelming offense. Really, they're a ground and pound. Uh, they they get the pass when they have to, and of course he's a clutch, clutch passer. Um, they really could, did not do themselves any favor by um, not getting a, a quality wide receiver by the by the trade deadline when it was evident they were going to need one. Yet here they are in their sixth yeah. AFC championship in a row. The key word you said to me was you think this is going to be a close one. That favors Kansas City. This is Baltimore and Lamar Jackson in particular. This is his first AFC championship game. The lights are brighter. It's a bigger stage. People react differently to pressure. I don't know. He could, he could really shine, but it's an unknown where we know this Kansas City Chiefs team is very comfortable in this setting. This is, this is old hat for them now. And, yeah. 
And uh, I, I got to say, I, I really think a close game favors Kansas City because of the pressure. Yeah, you got, and and you got to realize Kansas City has good, uh, two good running backs too. Ken, they can catch the ball out of backfield. I don't think I don't think Baltimore is ready. You talking about Dalvin Cook? No, isn't Dalvin Cook on Baltimore, Ken? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Kansas City. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, talking P- about Pacheco. Pacheco. Wouldn't and... he be? Wouldn't he be Pacheco out here? Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then you got um, <laughs> the other guy there. I'm trying to remember his name right now. Oh, he's got the. Uh, he's got two last names. Yes, I know what you mean. He's a good catching running back. Yes, Saints. Uh, uh, but they also have Kelsey. They have Kelsey. They got Rice. They have an improving rookie wide receiver. You're pointing out and. They got Mahomes. And they got Tony still, so. You know, you could, yeah. Well, Kadarius Tony. Well, he had a great Super Bowl and AFC Championship game last time, you know, after not having a great year. Well, we'll see. I, I don't think they have a lot of faith in him. Um, but it's going to be raining. Who does that favor? Does that, I mean, can Lamar Jackson um, be the, the foot factor? Is he, could be in a dry field? Is that going to hurt him or? I don't know. I think it could. I, I think. I I think the weather doesn't stop him because if you look at it, Ken, he plays he plays in this weather during the regular season too. No, I know, but I'm I'm sure. Is he a mutter though? Is he does he prefer uh, ideal conditions? Dry, dry field, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it's playoff time. He better be up for it. Uh, the Ravens play on at three o'clock. No, no, I'm saying uh, they do they play on artificial turf or grass. And I think it. I think it's artificial turf. I could be wrong. Yeah, they're they're on they're on natural turfs as of uh, they went back to it in 2016. So they're on artificial. Turf? No, they're on natural. Natural grass, according to what oh. I'm reading here. Oh man, that's not. That's gonna be a muddy situation then. I think that favors Kansas City's defense. We'll be back.
9605. That's Gary Moore. I think he's got my favorite guitar tone. Usually plays at 59 Les Paul. Sometimes you'll see a Jackson. You know, he's doing his, his shredding, but it turned out to be, according to B.B. King, the best blues player he'd ever played with. Uh, what a statement that is coming from the B.B. King. And uh, began with Thin Lizzy. His celebrity began with Thin Lizzy, and then he became one of these European guitar gods, mostly in Europe. I mean, he, got, he was pretty big in the Boston area. That's how you two kind of came over to America. They, they, they always thank the Brighton area, the Irish and the Brighton area. But Gary Moore was, um, on a lesser scale, was, was very popular over there. And you can hear it. Not a household name, but um, guitar players certainly know who he is. 508 996 Oh, 500. Um, yeah, so so Donald Trump, uh, jury said he has to pay $83 million for libeling the woman who won a $10 million uh, case against him. She, she claims he sexually assaulted her. And despite the thing getting dismissed so many times in the last 35, what, how many years? To, uh, no, this happened in 1994. That's, I'm, I'm conflating cases. So this, she alleged, happened in 1994, I think. So it was 30 years ago. Yeah. and But she made the claim in 2019. And it's been viewed by several courts and dismissed um, all these charges against him. Uh, you know, I just, I think people know what's going on. Uh, I wasn't there. I'm not saying she's a liar. I will say that she made a specific statement. And it's always great when witnesses elaborate if you're looking to cross and she said that the dress she wore had his DNA on it and she keeps it in her closet because she wants to be reminded of it. She never wants to get rid of it. And ever since that day, she's never worn it again. Turns out the dress wasn't for sale for another two years after the, the time she said it happened. Yet she wins in court. Now, there are plenty of legal scholars who are going to say this will be overturned, but it's going to be a problem for him throughout the election season, which... Obviously, if there is a goal, if there is an ulterior motive and a machine at work here, that would be the goal, right? To screw him up. Yeah, he he already he already said when that verdict came out, he's going to appeal it anyway. So, you know, it would be easy to to, to rule against him just based on his behavior, his personality. You know, he's not very likable if you if you don't know anything about him. Maybe if you know something about him, he's not very likable. <laughs> I mean, I still remember I had to cringe or say, why did you say that? Every week he was the president. You know, I, I, I'm not going to deny any of that. But let's face it, he ran a pimp-tight White House compared to this guy who's in there now. The impeachment, uh, well, well, first of all, Nancy Pelosi promised to impeach him after he won Back in 2016, November 2016, I think the next week she promised to impeach him. Didn't know how, but they were going to go after him. Uh, the Russian collusion thing, the FBI, the big tech, Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, they all knew. Uh, CNN knew. All the networks knew. It was, a, it was a hoax created by the Clinton campaign. They knew it. They went forward with it anyway, hiding the fact that they knew it because they wanted to affect the elections. That's like a coup d'etat. That is a, that's what they accuse him of. Always, always uh, projecting. 
I don't, I don't hold, I don't think it's wrong if you don't like him. I think he's done enough to people, especially if you're not of the liberal mindset politically. But now they compare him to Hitler because of the programming in the citizen's head. It's a great, phenomenal, uh, you know, when they re re revisit this one day, the mind control. It's kind of frightening how easy we can get people to turn. Mass, mass amounts of people. I'm, I'm not saying I'm right because I think his policies are right. I'm saying the way people view him, they don't care if he's guilty or innocent. They want to see him sent to prison or worse. That's how they feel about him. And um, you shouldn't feel that way about anybody. Uh, the presumption of innocence, all that. And let's remember, the first time Donald Trump was impeached was based on a phone call that he placed to President Zelensky asking him if he could get some of that information over that showed what Joe Biden was up to with regards to his son's um, position at the board of directors of Burisma Energy, Burisma Holdings. And there was somebody listening to the phone call who happened to be an operative uh, and passed it along to Adam Schiff. That phone call was, this, was, was, the, was the day after Donald Trump asked the press, how come you guys never check out Obama? That book deal he did, obviously, that's corrupt, that's awful, and you never checked it out. You're always going after me. It never works out for you, but why don't you do that? The day after he pointed to that book deal Obama made, that call was placed to start the impeachment process. I, I listen, I, I don't, I think Donald Trump had every right to see if there was misuse of power by the vice president. Who else can get it done? Certainly the Justice Department wasn't going to do it. They were on, they were, they were, they already took a side. They had, they tried to convince the American people that there was a legitimate investigation going into Donald Trump, Russian collusion. They, they knew it was a hoax when they were doing that publicly. Can't trust them. He should have realized the size of the machine he was going after. You know, and he promised he was going to fix it, and it was wasn't able to do it. And knowing what he knew about how massive this effort was to thwart him, he should have never promised that he could prove the elections were fixed, even if he believed it. You can't publicly say you can for sure prove what they're trying to cover if that's what you're thinking knowing the capabilities of these people if that's what you've discovered i'm not confirming either position here but the day after donald trump made that con that comparison to how they treated obama and some dubious things he did for personal gain and they're always looking into him why me why don't you have a look look at obama that that statement he made ticked off, I think, the former president, Barack Obama. This is my theory, because for one thing, you have a book deal by Penguin Random House Publishers. They're going to pay over $60 million to Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle, to write books. Incredibly, incredibly groundbreaking contract. Like uh, Hillary was given a small fraction offer. Bill Clinton, same thing. This was massive. 
And it turns out Michelle's book sales were so bad uh, that um, some allies, political allies, ended up buying some of it in bulk. They, they caught him doing that. All right, that is only part of it. That is the same company, months, what was it, two months, three months after he was out of office, gave him that 60-something million dollar book deal. That's the same company that Obama steered um, a federal contract of over $360 million to do the Common Core Testing Consortium. That's not a quid pro quo? Come on. That's not worthy of an investigation? Trump was right to point that out. Look what it cost them. They impeached them. <laughs> They went gangster on them. That's how many are involved here. And this is our government. I'm ashamed that it operates like this. He, 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 he drained, tried to drain the swamp and the gators are biting them. And the mosquitoes. And the owls and the, the eels. <laughs> They're coming from every direction. So... Um, Reminds me of, of General Custer when he invaded the the Indian encampment at Little Bighorn. Thought he had gotten around to the other end of it. He had half his forces waiting on one end. He said, wait for me to surround them. And he, and he engaged the Indians. He was only halfway into the camp. Didn't realize how big it was. <laughs> kind of the same kind of fatal mistake. Um, but uh, here he is. He's, uh, for the time being... It was, um, the verdict was you're going to pay $83 million to this lady who you've been libeling, calling a liar since she won her case of $10 million. Maybe this will finally keep him quiet because it's money. You know, there's not a lot that can motivate Donald Trump not to speak his mind. Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think with the verdict yesterday that he might, he might want to. Quiet down a little bit. I, if I was his son, I'd get a, one of those barking collars on. Every time he talks, if he starts saying the right thing, just zap him. <laughs> right? Remind him. Um, and maybe leave it on if he wins. But how broke can he be if he's willing to libel her or expose himself to, to, to being libel? After giving out $10 bucks, you know, now he's potentially going to lose $90, $90 million almost. 90, Actually, over ninety-three million dollars. Well, okay. Did they turn the ten million into eighty-three, or is it ten plus eighty-three? I don't, I don't know. That's probably it's probably a total of. Um, I know, I know, I don't have that on me. Do you? No, I don't yeah. either. But um, how broke can he be if he's willing to get the satisfaction of cracking on her at the expense of tens of millions of dollars? <laughs> Man, it's like when I, when I went to the bank. I said I'd like to open a joint account, and she said to me. Well, who would you like to open the account with? They said, well, ideally Warren Buffett, but um, my son. D did you say that to her? Yeah. Yes. 508-996-0500. You're listening to the Ken Pittman Show. All right, the other side of the Super Bowl ticket will be the NFC contender. Your thoughts? I don't know, Ken. I'm, if Debo's healthy, if, if Debo's... He, I, think, I think he'll be on the field. You know Samuel's not going to be 100%, though. Yeah, but if he can contribute, that's another person to worry about, right? But with the way, with the way, with the way um, <laughs> I watch these games, 
I'm liking what Detroit's doing this year. Oh no, no, no question. They they finally have a team to be proud of. But they're down their best wide receiver tomorrow. I think he's Jameson. Same. Oh, I'm Saint Brown is out. Yeah. Wow. Well, they have some options though. Still, they have a pretty deep, talented uh, wide receiver core. But you need that guy. He's the best. Um, Jared Goff statistically is the best quarterback in the NFL when there's no pressure, when he's comfortable. Okay, when the offensive line is doing a good job. When he's not, he's a completely different quarterback. And San Francisco has two of the let's, best. Let's face it, they, they're going to two of the best ends. He's not going to be comfortable the whole game. There's no, no way. So we'll see how that plays. I, I expect San Francisco to walk out with a, you know nine to twelve point win. And and everybody and everybody was giving um, Detroit crap because they've uh, drafted the that running back there. I still think they would have been better served. Um, with, with defense, but I mean, because they just they just uh, signed free agent Montgomery, and then they first round they used uh, on a, another running back Gibbs, and he's he's a great running back. <laughs> yes, but they, had, they had bigger gaping needs, um, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I thought, I, but they were happy with it, and he's had a decent year for a rookie, right? I mean, there's no no doubt about it. Yeah, you, I th- I think it's going to be closer than what you're thinking, Ken, because Detroit. De- I see Detroit. And it's like they haven't been to the Super Bowl in twenty years, and and if the prediction's right, Ken, did you see the bottom line last week on uh, NBC? No, they, they they scrolled the bottom line saying the Super Bowl will be Baltimore San Fran, <laughs> and the Super Bowl. Oh, the conspiracy the, theorists and, are gonna and the championship games haven't even. Been played yet. Uh, it's either a wise crack by a staffer or a mistake or uh, they let the cat out of the bag. One of the three. Right? I'm going to say it was probably a wise crack by a staffer but who won a bet. But um, Detroit is, is this. So just from my experience, when a team is fresh to the playoffs, it's a whole different world. Almost it's like their eyes are wide open and they can't believe they're there. It's a little distracting to a team who's not there quite often. So when you when Manning, uh Pete Manning's teams, you know, the Patriots, they they walked on the playoff field every year. You expected them. Yeah. Detroit, this is all new to them. I mean when's the last time they were in a championship game? Was it um it was against 20, Washington? It was, it was twenty years ago. Barry Sanders was on the field, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's not I mean you gotta go back. And um, But if you Ken, but if you look at the other side of the ball, Purdy wasn't there last year. No. Against Philadelphia. No, it's isn't that funny? Because San Francisco invested an awful lot of money in Jimmy Garoppolo, right? They invested an awful lot of money and draft capital on Trey Lance. And neither one of those guys is on the team. You get, you get the last guy taken in the draft, the 242nd player taken in the seventh round is the quarterback for San Fran after all that investment in what they thought was, you know, premier quarterbacks. It's funny how it works out. Um, but he's earned it. He's, he may be the MVP of the year, and uh, he's at home. I think. I think Brock. I like him. I do like the way he operates. He looks like a good field general to me. No, I. I have to give the MVP to McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson this year. Oh yeah, there you go. I, I wouldn't be, argue. Don't be missing out on him. No, absolutely not. I would not argue. I think McCaffrey. I mean, actually, I would put Jackson at the top of the list. But I, but I'm going to say. Purdy and McCaffrey will be they'll be on the list. Yeah, they'll be they'll be in the top three. I, I actually agree. I think Lamar Jackson's number one. I'm happy for him. I really am because he's gotten a lot of grief 
for not getting there, for not being available in the playoffs or, or finishing a season because of the way he plays. Yes. He's in the conference championship game. Of course, look who's playing across the, f- the field from him. Mahomes. The very best. So in a, in, in a very playoff experienced Kansas City team. So it kind of evens that out a little bit. I, a lot of my friends and people I talk to that I think know what they're doing, um, they, they seem to think Baltimore's going to do this pretty handily. I don't know, Ken. If it's if it's if it's raining like I got like you said it's going to be tomorrow, ninety percent chance. I don't think I don't think Lamar Jackson runs the ball much because he uses his feet a lot. Who protects the ball? Who makes the fewer mistakes? A tight game highly favors Kansas City. If there's three three points, five points with four minutes left in the game, that's to Kansas City's advantage in most scenarios because they've been there a hundred times and. Again, this will be their sixth AFC championship in a row. It's pretty impressive. But but I would take I would take Baltimore. If, if you're thinking it's going to be a three-point game, I'm taking Baltimore's kicker all day. Oh, well. I mean, he's the... Nobody, maybe, nobody, the, nobody can go against he's probably Justin the best Tucker. Ever. And there's, there's nothing wrong with Kansas City's kicker either. But um, last time I went to a Patriots game, I, I watched Baltimore last year. And um, Folk was kicking... After you know, during the halftime, as he cut out a little early to practice his kicks, and I think he was at like the thirty-five, so he was kicking forty-five-yard field goals. Tucker was fifteen yards behind him, kicking into the same post, like fifteen yards beyond where Folk wow. was, and hitting every one of them. That's from what? Yeah, you know, that's from there. sixty. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, he's he's practicing sixties. Um, you know, he's he's probably going to go down as the best ever. Can his? Here's a scenario. You're looking, you look at all the coaching changes, mm-hmm. and two names are still out there. Belichick Amazing. and Vable. Amazing. And, Har- and Harbaugh's not signed yet. Yes, he is. Hey, did he sign? He's. I know he's going with the, he's likely to go with the Chargers. Is that a, a yeah, done deal? It's a, it's a done deal as of Tuesday. Okay. Last week, uh, this week, actually. Okay. Tuesday. Yeah, Vrabel. And, and Belichick. And, that's, yeah. And the only two. The only two that we know of Washington that's, that's still open Seattle. is Seattle and Washington. Yeah. And Washington isn't going to go with Belichick. Seattle's not going there. Why do you say Washington isn't? Is I I I think that they're waiting they're waiting to see what team goes to the Super Bowl cuz right now they can't interview any of the like coordinators for all four teams mm-hmm. until they get knocked out. I thought Parcells was profound in his um, discussion he had about Belichick's being released and all that. And he said, I'm not going to give Bill Belichick any advice. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. You know, uh, he wants to coach. I get that. You know, um, none of us ever want to step down. It's never a good time, but it's going to come every, you know, to everyone. Of course, he's right. Um, but he said if he wants to coach, he'll coach. And um, if he's holding his ground on some things, then he's confident he'll coach elsewhere. Uh, and he didn't say this, but I think, you know, if he doesn't coach this year, he's going to go out fishing off in Nantucket and um, and figure things out and maybe right. maybe reinvent himself a little bit, make some concessions about how he's been if if that was a factor. Um, I think I think he tried to operate the way Kraft directed him to, which was to run things on the cheap. Or does he? Or does he? Uh... Going to 
TV for a little while, I'll be an analyst. No, man. God. Oh, well, that'd be painful. I don't want to see that either. As far down. So. But they're on to the next uh, play. You know why he didn't get the Atlanta job, right, Ken? Uh, he, wa- he wanted he, too much control. He wanted full control. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think Atlanta would have been well served by having Belichick on that team. Ken, here's a... Uh, I'm just throwing this out there because I've been hearing it on a lot of the local sports radio shows. Mm-hmm. Here's a scenario for you because it, it's already been said by um, an analyst from ESPN that this might be Andy Reid's last year. He might be retiring this year. What if Kansas City wins the Super Bowl? Does he go out? <laughs> he, well, I haven't heard him even... Entertain the thought. Is 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 there reason to believe he, this is his last Adam, year? Um, Schefter? Schefter said uh, Reed's thinking about retiring this year. You know, if I had inside scoops, I would be giving it uh, I would, to I, anybody but Schefter first. He seems like a weasel to me. Yeah, I would be I'd be putting that in your pocket for a little while because he's still in the championship. Who's, who's the other guy that pretty much has the same role as him? He's he's uh, much more amicable. I mean, I'm trying much to rem- more likable. I'm trying to remember his name. I know who you're talking about too, and I'm Giamarco or something like that. Oh, what's what's the heck's his name? It'll come to me when it's too late. Just like um, it's not just y- like it's just like Clyde. Hell, uh, it's not it's not uh, Field Yates, is it? No, ESPN because he does it too. Ian Rapaport. He sort of has the same yeah. role. Yes, I, I think I'd rather give it to him than than Schefter. Schefter just seems like, he's it seems like a tattletale to me. No, could you see? Yeah, but like, because. The Washington job, the Washington job, Washington's waiting for um, the offensive coordinator for Detroit that they can interview him. Okay. And they go, they, and then the favorite to win, the, to get the Seattle job is uh, the defensive coordinator for uh, Dallas right now. You know, I, I'm a little surprised Brian Flores hasn't had any interviews. I know. It's well, like, he's got the lawsuit against the NFL. That might, that might be a reason. Is it, where is he anyway? He, he's in court with the NFL. No. He's a he. He's somewhere on. Yeah, him. he's got a, a limited role. Um, he's on Pittsburgh, isn't he? Is it Pittsburgh? Uh, it, it's such a marginal role. I didn't even really catch it. Uh, it never stuck with me. Um, but did Jared Mayo tip his hand on what kind of quarterback's going to be under center? Um, when you think about this offensive coordinator, who right now is the Rams' tight end coach, but he's coming out of the Rams' offensive system. That is uh, a system that is the whole time this coach. His name is Nick um, Cali, right? Cali, yeah, C-A-L-E-Y. The whole time he's been there, it's either been Goff or Stafford. So his play design, his strengths are based on pocket pocket quarterbacks, not the escaping kind. So is Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, I think, would be lesser suspects if you're trying to read the tea leaves about what kind of a quarterback they expect to be there. And you can't rule out Mac Jones. Yeah, you can't because Mac Jones is a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is a pocket quarterback. Uh, hey, you can't. Hey, you can't count out Bailey Zappi either. Matt Jones could come back. He could make a comeback in the NFL. I don't. I, I don't see a, a, a scenario where he could do it here. Can but but if you look at it, you can't. You can't put all the blame on Matt Jones. I don't. You can't. I don't. We we ruined him as an organization. Yes. So he's going to need a new. He's going to need a change of scenery and everything. I, I, I would. I would take. I would take the other guy from the Rams there. I'm trying to remember his name. Robinson? Zach Robinson? You like him? He's the quarterback's coach for them. 
He's part of the Shanahan coaching tree. Yeah. If you look at it, I know. How much quarterbacking do you need? Coaching do you need for Matthew Stafford? He's like Tom Brady at this point. I'll, I'll take. I'll. I'll take who? I'll take a offensive coordinator not named Josh McDaniels. I, look, I think um, the Rams' coaching staff is excellent. Yes. Right. I, they've got a great system. I, I know that they're rebuilding. Uh, it's a young team who's already found success. Uh, they have maybe the rookie of the year, Nakua. Um, and, and I do. I like that coach. I. I, I think. Um, I liked Philip Belichick a little better in that game. Thank God the Patriots won. But he had a good. He does have a good system. And getting Matthew Stafford instant success. Yeah, uh, Mc, uh, McVay. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. A couple of times he 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 blinks. You know, he'll he'll make a mistake. But he's he's not perfect. But he's got a good system there. Good recruiting. I like the um. I like the uh, the drafting and the free agent moves. They're, they're always decent. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back in just a few minutes. We'll wrap up the hour. One more to go. You're listening to The Ken Pittman Show on AM 1420 WBSM. to the newsroom and we'll return with the last hour of the Ken Pittman show call us up 508-996-0500 that's how you get on we'll do that soon WBSM and W258DR New Bedford. New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 AM and 99.5 FM. WBSM, a town square media station.